Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Those are perhaps some of the most familiar words of Scripture. Between those words and the words of Psalm 23, I imagine that we heard today Scripture you'd recognize even if you've never set foot in a church building or even if it's been a very long time. That's a remarkable thing and not to be taken lightly. For the Word of God is life-giving. It does more good for you than food does for your body. For man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Word of God is what's needed more than food and drink to sustain a person. The reason for that is simple. While food and drink make promises to you for a time, they promise energy and health and strength, they cannot promise anything beyond the grave. At the end of your life, an abundance of food and plenty of water will do you no good. But there is something that can do you good, something that does make promises past the grave, and that is the Word of God. Think about this analogy to food and drink just a bit longer with me. What a remarkable thing it is that we live in a world where you don't even have to go to church to have heard some of God's word. You might have heard John 3.16 out on the street somewhere or Psalm 23 sometime on the TV. God gives his word to his people in such abundance that it spills over into the rest of the world, into everyday life, so that folks hear it quite unwittingly. That is a remarkable thing and it makes it A dreadful tragedy when folks don't recognize it or hearing God's word they don't attend to it. It's like suffering from thirst while you sit right beside a freshwater spring. Or maybe it's a bit more like this. It's like the people of Israel while they were being fed by God in the wilderness. They had manna to eat every day, this bread that fell from heaven that covered the ground even in a desert. The only way anyone could have gone hungry in the wilderness is if they found the manna distasteful, if they didn't want to eat it because they didn't like the flavor. That gets a bit closer to the mark with how things are with God's word. It is bread from heaven, living water, and yet, so often, we do not like the taste. And so we go hungry and we thirst. I'm drawing your attention to all this because it comes up. Even in our gospel lesson for today, we read John three sixteen through 21 today in part because those were the words that Norma heard as she passed away. They are incredible words of comfort for the soul who trusts in God, but they are not just words of comfort. There are also some very uncomfortable words in that passage. Maybe that struck you while I read them from the lectern. It strikes me when I read them. As comforting as the familiar words are, the less familiar words are equally uncomfortable, distasteful to us. We do not like the flavor. Listen again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. 
And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. There's all this business about condemnation and judgment and darkness and evil works and wickedness. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. That is a sad and tragic description of the world we live in. It's another angle on this story of God's word being so abundant. God's word is like a light shining in a dark room, reflecting brightly off all the walls and the ceiling, illuminating all the dark corners. It's a light that lets you see your way around, but it's also a light that shines on you. It reveals your sin, exposes your secrets, leaves you without excuse. And so it is tempting to hide from it, to find some dark spot that the light hasn't reached and set up shop there so that we can just continue our deeds of darkness in peace. But you see what a tragedy that is, for the day is coming when all will be light and nothing will be hidden, when God's word will sound forth loud and clear and everything done in secret will be revealed. And it's a tragedy because for now, while God's word shines a light into our world and into our lives, it does not just expose our sin, but forgives it. Whatever God uncovers in us, whatever he uncovers in you, he also promises to wash clean on account of Jesus. It's a tragedy if we should ever hide from such a saving light. Those words of John 3.16 that provide such comfort, such great comfort for Christians, they are only truly comforting to us if we've been honest about our great need for comfort. If we've been honest about the reasons why salvation required that God send his Son to die for us. Today is a day to reflect on all of that. Because not only do we have God's word in front of us telling us of our sin, but we see the very wages of sin itself. For you all have lost a beloved mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, sister, aunt, and friend. And you did not lose her accidentally. She was not taken from you by some bit of bad luck. That would indeed be the case if God had no hand in these matters in the matters of life and death. If he were uninvolved, or if there were no God at all, then life and death would be both senseless and meaningless. But that's not how it is. Because God's hand was in Norma's life from the beginning, indeed, from before the foundations of the world. And his hand was in her death, too. He gave her a blessed death. And I'll talk more about what that means in a minute. But the reason he gave her into death was because the wages of sin is death. Norma died because she was a sinner, because by nature she loved the darkness rather than the light, because by nature her deeds were evil and not good. And if you think that's especially hard on Norma, well, it's true of all the rest of us as well. And that's what makes a blessed death so valuable, priceless, in fact. So what is it that makes for a blessed death? The answer is nothing other than faith in Jesus Christ. For whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. There are lots of things in this life that seem to be trustworthy and reliable. Lots of things we believe in. Money, health, family, take your pick. 
But like food and drink, those things cannot make promises past the grave. Jesus, however, can. For Jesus, the very Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, whose birth we'll celebrate before very long, that Jesus died on the cross, suffering under the weight of our sin, our love of the darkness, our evil and wicked deeds. He died, was buried, and then on the third day he rose again. He was raised by the glory of his Father, who sent his Son into the world to redeem us, to redeem you, to redeem Norma, to suffer death and enter the grave so that he could defeat both. So that when you die and are buried in the ground, your grave will not get to keep you, but will have to give up your body on the last day. Jesus rose from the dead, proclaiming victory over sin and death and opening the way to heaven for all believers. He opened the way to heaven for Norma, and she believed it. She believed in him. She confessed her sins and heard the words of absolution. Your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The name that had been given to her in baptism. The name by which she had access to all the treasures of heaven. And the name in which she now rests easy, waiting for the day of the resurrection. She rests easy, having died a blessed death. Because she was fed and nourished by God's word. Fed and nourished by the word of God made flesh. The body and blood of Jesus. By believing in Jesus and clinging to his words, she did what is true and came to the light so that we may clearly see that her works were carried out in God. And for that reason, Norma leaves us a tremendous witness today. Lots of folks have shared with me their memories of Norma, and it'll be no surprise to you, I think, that her chickens figure prominently in those memories. The first time I met her, I left trying to imagine what it was like for her to take care of 800 chickens. She worked hard, and she shared her gifts, and was enthusiastic about many things, about her family, about the outdoors, about her livestock. She left all of you here with some memory or another, I'm sure, and many, many memories. But she did better than leave you with memories and with recollections of her life and passions. She blessed you by leaving you an example of faithful living and blessed dying. Faithful living which holds fast to God's word even when it is difficult, even when it seems like there's a lot of unknown. Faithful living that's childlike and favored as such by God. And she leaves you an example of blessed dying, of dying that does not cling to this life but is eagerly anticipating the life to come, the life which she now lives in Christ. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. And even though she has died, yet shall she live, for whoever lives and believes in Jesus will never die. Hold fast to her example. Hear God's word and attend to it. Be fed and nourished by the only food and drink that can satisfy you and make you whole. Do not hide from the light, and do not shudder when you find God's word distasteful, for it is meant for your good, your eternal good. For God so loved you, that he gave his only Son, that believing in him, you should not perish, but have eternal life. Rejoice, that on the last day we will see Norma again, resurrected, glorified, and full of life. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.